Pentecost Sunday has always been one of my favorite holidays on the church calendar. It is without question, next to Christmas and Easter, the third highest holy day of the entire Christian year. Now, you probably wouldn't know that because there are no Pentecost Sunday Hallmark cards and there are no Pentecost gifts or Pentecost trees or Pentecost bunnies and baskets to get sold in mass at a Target or a Walmart near you. But if you've been keeping up with the story, then you have to know that Pentecost is what it is on the same level as the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus because, as I've already mentioned, Pentecost Sunday is the birthday of the church. And it is the birthday of the church because it is when the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter Jesus promised, makes its grand entrance into our faith and sets God's people into action. God is the creator and Jesus comes into the world to be the redeemer and the savior. So with the Holy Spirit, we receive the person of God that is our supporter, our guide, and our closest confidant. Yes, we Christians here in the West are definitely Jesus people, following what our presiding bishop has called a Jesus movement. But this holy day is always meant to remind us that the Jesus we follow is in perfect relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is moving us in God's direction and speaking to us in God's voice right now, right here in the present. And because of the Holy Spirit, the church that is awaiting Christ's coming again has the energy, it has the fuel, if you will, to keep us focused, to keep us spreading the good news and being the body, the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus here and now. And don't we need that fuel and that energy more than ever before today? It is on that first Pentecost Sunday that the Christian movement really kicked off when, as we read again from the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit brings those wonderful tongues of fire to inflame the hearts of the disciples and to send them out to start preaching the good news in Jesus Christ immediately. They don't go out and start building houses. They don't sit down and pull up their Bibles and start studying. They certainly don't put together a committee to decide what kind of artwork they want on their new church t-shirts. No, they immediately walk out the doors of that upper room and they start telling people in a language that people can understand about what God has done for the world through Jesus Christ and this new Holy Spirit. That, brothers and sisters, is the very core, the foundation, the building block, the starting point for this thing that we now have called for over 2,000 years, the church. It is people giving good news to people who desperately need good news. That makes Pentecost Sunday a very special and a very important day. But you know what? As much as I love all of that, and I absolutely believe every bit of that with my heart, I got to be honest with you, that's not really why Pentecost Sunday is personally my favorite holiday on the church calendar. You see, in addition to the simple fact that it's all about a Holy Spirit or a Holy Ghost, as we always called it in the churches I grew up in, which is cool enough, and besides the fact that I grew up in Pentecostal churches full of Holy Ghost people 
And those experiences fill my childhood memory with my grandmother speaking in tongues and my grandfather standing up and dancing around in the pews. Beyond all of that, Pentecost Sunday is one of my personal favorite holidays because it's always the kickoff to the summer for me. It's like the tongues of fire always bring with them warm air, days outside next to somebody of water, and the possibility of some much needed vacation time. After Pentecost comes and maybe Trinity Sunday, we're in what the church has always called ordinary time. And ordinary always takes the pressure off just a bit and allows for even the church to have some sort of nice, long holiday through the summer. Yes, I love Pentecost for so many theological important things, but again, if I'm being honest, I love it most because it fills me with the Holy Spirit and it sets me free just a bit into the easier months of the ordinary summertime. But of course, I don't have to tell you that there's a problem this year with all of that. This year, the summer certainly isn't feeling the same as those summers I've had over the past 13 years of being a priest and landing on a Pentecost Sunday. And as much as Pentecost is still what it always has been for 2,000 years, it's just not the same here in a church when you're having to pre-record your Pentecost Sunday service on a Friday in an empty church for YouTube or when you're celebrating it in a church with more than half the pews currently blocked off and with every face and smile that I've been looking forward to seeing partially covered in a face mask. Mother Lisa told me earlier in the week that one of our good mutual friends who we both respect and look up to and who is the rector of another church here in town purposefully decided that he would hold off one more week before he regathered folks into his church because he just didn't want to have a sad Pentecost Sunday. And man, after all we've been through this weekend, I'm totally getting that. I certainly wish I could stand here this morning and say, we don't really have anything to be sad about this morning. At least some of us are here and we've got so many other people that are probably waking up and starting to watch this service online right now. So. There's just no need for this glorious Pentecost Sunday at All Saints to be sad. As much as I really, 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 really wish that I was able to stand in front of you today and say that, even if we were all right here right now with red balloons flying and those cute little tongues of fire stickers Miss Hillary always hands out and stick on the kids' foreheads, how could we not still be reeling from the sadness and worry from what's going on right now in our country and in our world. I mean, in the last week leading up to this Pentecost Sunday, when our country was already nearing a level of unemployment unseen since the Great Depression, the United States passed yet another tragic milestone for the COVID-19 virus with over 100,000 deaths. What kind of sadness does that bring to all of us when we're forced to translate those numbers into human faces and into human beings and into human families? And brothers and sisters, if for even a few seconds, 
You let your eyes witness the horrible, senseless killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis this past week. I don't know how you could not, yet again, find yourself like me, ashamed, disgusted, and in constant prayer for deliverance from that other incessant disease this country is plagued with, the murderous virus of racism. We will certainly have a vaccine for COVID-19 by this time next year, if not sooner, God willing. But the continued scourge of racism in this country seems to be festering always with no real sign of a vaccine or a cure. Seeing a fellow human being with a knee across the back of his neck, gasping for air on the ground, crying out for help and not being given it, breaks my heart in new and painful ways when I pray the prayer I just read for Pentecost Sunday this morning. Almighty God, on this day you open the way of eternal life to every race and every nation by the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And now as we're gathered here in the church this morning, cities across the country, including our own, have seen voices of thousands marching together and calling out for justice only to turn into violence, riots, and looting as night falls. I think all of that, brothers and sisters, is enough. And yet even with the earth shaking around us, the arguing and the bickering and blaming across partisan lines and political ideologies continues. It seems to be a nation that in the middle of utter crisis would rather point fingers of blame at our neighbors instead of rolling up our sleeves and working together to fix ourselves and to fix our communities. The anger and the division between neighbors over political persuasions, over wearing masks or not wearing a mask, over trying to reopen businesses or why we shouldn't be reopening business, over too much government, not enough government, Republicans despising Democrats, Democrats hating Republicans, and both sides trying to claim throughout that they love and follow Jesus as devoted Christians. Really? And all at a time, when our fellow Americans need most their fellow Americans, lending a hand, showing mercy and support, finding a true way to reconciliation and forgiveness, and passing along mutual kindness, patience, and love. How does a world, how does a nation, how does a community ever find a way to restore that kind of fellowship and compassion again? How do we as people remove ourselves from this fear and violence and hate and anger? What kind of answer is out there right now that could turn us around and save us when everything seems so bad and uncertain? Well, brothers and sisters, I guess I can't answer that for everyone, can I? But I absolutely can speak the truth in love to my fellow sisters and brothers whose church was born on this day when God sent us an advocate and a comforter in the Holy Spirit to guide and to deliver us. It's really quite easy. Repent. Repent and return to God. 
Repent and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe again into your heart and reconnect it to the only hope and the only answer we truly have. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the Savior and the Redeemer of the world. Listen, friends, to what Jesus himself says to all of us in the gospel we just heard for this wonderful Pentecost Sunday. While Jesus was standing there, he cried out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. I don't know about you, but this world over the last few months has made me extremely thirsty. I felt over and over again parched for hope, longing for the sustenance to not just see myself get through this or to see my family get through this, but to see all of God's people get through this. And no matter how dry and dehydrated we may feel right now, Jesus is continuing to call out to all of us saying over and over again, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink and out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water, rivers of living water. Brothers and sisters of the Holy Church of God, the Holy Spirit, God present with us right now, has always been the river of living water. Jesus promises for us when we are thirsty, when our world seems to be a desert of sickness, fear, racism, anger, and division. And just as the disciples on this day 2,000 years ago brought that living water of the good news to the people of every nation, rewatering the earth with the gospel and beginning a true transformation of God's love for the whole world, that message is still ours to return to, to reinvest our lives in, to reshape our outlooks and our interactions and our mindsets to Christ first above everything else. For God loves us and created all of us in his image, all of us in his image. Jesus came and died for all of us so that he could be raised from the dead and save all of us. And God, the Holy Spirit, supports us, empowers us with love and delivers us always. Imagine if the world really put that promise above our politics above our fears and above our own egos. Imagine what this world would be like no matter what virus the devil threw at us. Imagine that world. And let's make this Pentecost Sunday today not a sad day or a frightening day, but a day in which the church is reborn a day of the renewal of our baptismal vows to do all that we can as sons and daughters of God to bring God's kingdom into being on earth as it is in heaven through God's mercy, God's forgiveness, and God's inexhaustible love for God's people. What else do we really need to be able to accomplish that 
If we know we have God in the person of the Holy Spirit leading the way. Let us go back and follow God. And follow God first before anything else. Amen.